You're listening to Renew Church OC's podcast. I'm Pastor Wilson. Hope you had an amazing quarantine giving, and I can't wait for Christmas and the new year. We've never needed to celebrate Christmas more. Our new series is called to be, based on a collection of children's books I wrote with my wife and a small team from Renew. Our hope is that these books will help people find their calling and join in in God's redemptive story. We're a nonprofit that supports the foster community. We hope that the money raised will be able to help families that renew through the adoption process, fund foster kids camps through Royal Family Kids, and also help provide funding for transitional homes with OC United. I'd love for you to check out our full collection of journals and books. The link is in the description. CalledToBeProject.com This Sunday, we'll be going through the book, Called to Be Healers with Jesus. When we think about COVID and the quarter million death we've experienced, we can't help but wonder why God would create a world with sickness and death. I hope that this sermon will help you understand how sickness came into the world and the way that Jesus wants to invite us into participating with Him to heal. I also get to invite Dr. Ken and Dr. Josh, two people from our church community, to speak about healing as physicians and pharmacists and invite you to join them to heal with Jesus. Welcome back, everyone. I hope that it helped you process a little bit about sickness and death, and especially this year, 2020, we're looking at over 200,000 people in the U.S. dying of COVID. And there's a popular argument, one that's been around for a long time, of why a good God will allow pain and suffering. Why a good God will allow for empty seats at the Thanksgiving table or us not to be able to celebrate uh, such a wonderful season with our family and friends. And we think about all the lives lost and, and, and God having the power Right to make perfect bodies for us, to make us invincible. Why didn't he do that? You know, when I think about this question, I've heard a lot of different answers, a lot of good answers, but many of them contain propositional truths or they lace a logical argument to defend the goodness of God. I actually think the best argument for why there's sickness and death in this world is, is a, a story, is the story. This narrative between um, Genesis, creation, all the way to recreation. When we think about why, why a perfect God would create this kind of a world, the answer is that he, he didn't. When he created Eden, Adam and Eve, he created a perfect world. He created one where people were invincible, where they didn't fear sickness and death. Because of the fall, we have sin into the world. Then through Israel, Jesus, and us, we see this redemptive story of him redeeming the sickness and death, giving us healing and life. And then in Revelations, we have him recreating Eden and this perfect world and body in which we reside. So as we go through the book called to be healers with Jesus, it's really this um, narrative 
of walking from Eden all the way to Revelation and seeing in this ark the way that God has brought healing and redemption into the world and invites us to do the same. So I hope you can follow it as as we go through this book together. All right, the first uh, page says, In the beginning, I created people to live with me forever. You had bodies that never got hurt or sick, and no one was afraid of dying. And when we think about this perfect world, we think about all the ways where we can enjoy a perfect body. So you think about um, when tornadoes came through, that maybe we surfed them with Jesus, right? Maybe we slept in the snow with him instead of getting hyperthermia on the next slide. Uh, Maybe we gave hugs to bears because we were invincible. So we're just envisioning in Eden what a perfect world would look like from a perfect God. How we were meant to be and and the things we long to become. Having a perfect body where no one got sick, no one was afraid of death or dying. But when we look at the next slide, we think about the fall. And this is always my favorite drawing of each book. Zach did an awesome job putting... um, into drawing us walking away from God. And during the fall, we decided to go our own way. And in our separation from Jesus, we got sick. We got hurt. Things became dangerous and we couldn't live forever. After that, you think about how because of a fallen body, you know, we ran from tornadoes. We didn't want to die instead of surfing them. We got stuffy noses in the cold. We didn't we weren't able to walk up to a bear and give him a hug. And, and there's this sharp contrast between who we were meant to be, between living a life with a perfect body, invincible, and living in this fallen world. And it's here that we have viruses that wreak havoc on our body. It's here that we find our bodies aging. It's here that we tear ACLs and, and get arthritis or COVID or cancer. It's our separation from Jesus that separates us from life, from a perfect body into one that's fallen, into a world that experiences death. And then we see three phases in which Jesus redeems and brings healing into this fallen world, into our fallen bodies. The first one is through Israel. So when he when we fall into sickness and death, we think about how Jesus extends health through the nation of Israel by giving them laws, but laws that had to do with diet and hygiene. He didn't want them to eat foods with diseases. He, he didn't want them to uh, ingest blood because of all the virus transfer that can happen um, when, that, when, you, when you eat an insect unsanitary ways and they weren't able to cook and um, sanitize the way we do now it talked about hand hygiene right we nina makes me wash my hands every time i come home or uh or do other things and um and we see even in the old testament god is extending um health laws about health he was concerned about health with the israelites when they touched a carcass they would be considered unclean And lastly, we would look at the priests and Levites, how they were in charge of the health of the community, that they would actually examine people with infectious uh, diseases like leprosy to see if they would be able to be in society or have to be isolated 
in order to keep the rest of the community healthy. And then in the next slide, we see the second way that redemption happens is that Jesus comes. And it says even the rules help, but it wasn't enough to bring perfect healing. It was too hard to follow all the rules on your own. So I came down to be with you because I love you. I used the power to heal the things that you could not. And throughout Jesus' healing ministry, we see him open the eyes of the blind. Like on the next slide, uh, heal those who couldn't use their hands and feet, drive out fevers, uh, touch the leopards to make them clean. And he also brought emotional healing as he calmed people's fears, whether it was uh, social or because of elements. He, he would um, calm his disciples' fears in the middle of the storm. He brought the dead to life. So Jesus was a great physician. And, and he is this cornerstone in the story in the way that he moves through his earthly ministry to heal people. And then lastly, we see him die on the cross to forgive us, but also to prove that he actually has victory over death, right? Not only does he die on the cross, but he rises again to say that he's able to reverse the curse of sickness and death in our lives. He has victory over it. And then he invites us to heal with him by placing in us a heart of empathy and compassion. And he calls us into all of these different occupations. So we think about an optometrist as he gives glasses to help people see clearly. We think about physical therapists helping weak legs become strong, an occupational therapist like my wife to help people strengthen their hands and arms so that they can dress on their own, a psychologist to calm fear, depression, and anxiety, a doctor to treat diseases, perform surgeries to fix broken bones, a pharmacist to help cure fevers, and a paramedic or nurse to give CPR to help people's hearts beat again. And when we wrote this section of occupations, we were thinking about how we are mirroring Jesus's earthly ministry. That when Jesus heals someone from the blind, us giving people glasses is an extension of that healing. He allows people to see and we also help people to see more clearly. When Jesus heals someone who can't walk, as a physical therapist, you are an extension of Jesus' ministry as you help people walk through therapy. Um, Jesus raises the dead and if you're a paramedic or a nurse or a doctor and you've seen someone come from death to life, you are an extension of Jesus' ministry. So I hope that in our medical professions, as we are doing our 9 to 5, we would see us um, extending the arms of Christ, uh, walking toward the sick as Jesus did and having his heart of compassion and healing. Have we, ever, have we thought about our healing occupation as uh, mirroring what Jesus' earthly ministry was on earth? And also, as we think about the healing ministry, we remember that it's part of this huge narrative, right? That healing and our occupation in medicine comes out of the fall. It wasn't there at Eden. It wasn't there when our bodies were perfect. It was a response to sin. Healing and medicine is a response 
to the curse and sin on this earth and a part of this redemptive process from Israel to Jesus to us. We are, if you are a healer, in a legacy of healing. You are in this bigger story of healing that God uh, is calling you into. And lastly, we see Jesus come back. <clears throat> and I love this kind of transitional part of our, of our stories because it speaks to the incompleteness of our work. Whether you're a doctor or an artist or uh, someone in the justice field, we have great vision and yet we're able to only heal in an incomplete way. It says, you were able to help those who are sick and hurting, but sometimes people don't get better because you can't help people live forever. That's why I made a promise that one day I'll come back and complete our healing work. And isn't there just a sense of, of, of frustration as doctors, as nurses, as physical therapists, you know, to uh, desire for cancer to be eradicated and, and not be able to complete that work? Or to heal someone one year just to see them die of something else 10 years later. That the vision we have of healthy bodies um, is only partially completed on this earth. But Jesus is able to complete um, all of our occupations and visions for it in the new earth. So when he comes back, I love this uh, next um, page. It says, you help people see better, but I will help everyone see perfectly. You help people walk, but I will give you all new bodies. You listen to your friends' worries, but I will give the world unending peace. With me, there will be no more fear of death or dying. You will swim with sea turtles across the oceans. You'll slide down Mount Everest. We'll have bear hugs again. And the last slide is, together we'll be invincible. And as we see all of um, our stories conclude, um, in every occupation, but as we think about healing, we look at this circular move towards Eden again. That the way we wish our body to be, the way that we long for restoration, to see our, our loved ones who have been separated from us because of death, to see our own bodies uh, decay and die, we get to see Jesus resurrect all of our bodies again and make them invincible. And so this is a story for those of you who are in the medical profession. This is a story of God completing the work that you're doing um, in, in perfection. But this is also a story for all of us because all of us are facing and will face sickness and death in profound ways. We'll lose family members. I've lost people I've loved. Um, People who we love will lose us. But this story of the Bible gives us hope that one day, um, you know, though science and medicine will eventually fail us, you know, they're good things, but they don't allow us to live forever. Jesus, if we place our hope in him, if we believe in him to be the great physician, the one who brings ultimate healing, we'll have the perfect bodies um, we'll be invincible. We'll be able to live forever because of his death and resurrection and because he's going to give us all a resurrected life. What an amazing uh, resolution 
to the story. Well, a quick plug, if you want to um, buy this book for yourself or really maybe as an encouragement to the doctors and nurses in your life, uh, we, have a, we have our website on the description page. And, you know, it's, it's honestly, sh- I feel really like kind of embarrassed to sell a book to you. But um, it's for the foster communities that we're a part of. We're a nonprofit. And also, I just really believe that these books are so important um, to this year to speak to COVID-19, the fears that we feel, and to realign our hearts as doctors and nurses beyond um, ourselves and our gifts. All right, we have a, another section, like I talked about in the beginning, where we'll be interviewing Dr. Ken and Dr. Josh, two amazing leaders at Renew. And I've leaned on them so heavily over this season of COVID-19. I've called them, we've included them in our leadership decisions as we thought about how to uh, reopen or not reopen, when to do that, and just gaining information. And I'm just so thankful for their leadership. Uh, Dr. Ken has been my mentor for a long time. Um, him and his wife have sat down with me and Nina and just helped us with our marriage and prayed over us. And I am really grateful to have an older brother and sister within the community of our church. Aside from that, he's also a professor and chief of gastro enterology at UCI Medical. He's also the executive director of the Choi uh, Comprehensive Digestive Disease Center at UCI. Um, Also, Dr. Josh, again, a close friend. He's been a young adult leader for a few years, part of our host team and, and a close brother of mine. He's the professor at Marshall B. Ketchum University. So we're gonna jump into a Zoom call and um, just kind of work out some of these concepts from the ground of, of people who have been called into medicine and are trying to build God's kingdom and answer that call from that perspective. All right, I'll see you in the Zoom call. Uh, putting the next two questions together, if that's okay, uh, another curveball. So um, what, how do you feel like you're reflecting God's character in healing as you heal? And secondly, are there some narratives uh, about Jesus and the way he healed people as the great physician that inspires you as you as you heal people and as you are, um, you know, a physician as well? So, Josh, do you mind kind of sharing some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, um, you know, I, I come at this at the perspective of a pharmacist um, and I think, um, you know, in, in pharmacy, I, I think most people think of um, one, uh, a CVS pharmacy or Rite Aid pharmacy where the person behind the counter is there and, and they're very trusted. Um, you can go to them with your medical problems and ask questions without uh, having to set up an appointment. Um, and I think with that, that, that allows for, um, that, that kind of reflects um, God's ability for us to communicate with him freely, openly. We don't have to do anything special. Um, he's he's just there, and we can always consult him and talk to him. Um, in in my role in the hospital, um, I actually don't get to see patients quite that often. Um, in my role, um, every antibiotic order comes through me, um, and I verify it and make sure that everything is appropriate um, without ever seeing the patient. And I started to reflect on how um, that role kind of reflects um, God, and 
you know, I, I think in the idea of God's sovereignty and God's will over everything that happens in life is similar to the way that pharmacy works. Um, when a patient gets sick in the hospital and they get an antibiotic, um, you know, they get the antibiotic, the nurse administers it, the doctor's talking to them. Um, but for the most part, it always works. Mm. Pharmacists are in the background making sure that everything is going the way that it should. The doses are correct. Um, the medication is correct. If something is going wrong, there's a side effect. We're switching it. Um, many patients don't even know that it's happening. Mm. And I think in that way, um, I think we kind of reflect the way that God just has that grace over us when we you know, when things are going well, when they're going wrong, um, anything he has his hand in all of it without us ever really knowing. Um, and so I feel like that's how my work kind of reflects. I love that I'm still able to impact everyone. Um, and I don't necessarily need to be known for uh, as that face in front, um, just as long as it's happening um, and that the patient is getting better. Um, and I think that that's reflecting the way that God uh, kind of works in our lives as well. Yeah. Um, and then, Wilson, you said you wanted to combine the third question as well, mm -hmm. narratives. Um, and so as I, as I kind of thought about, you know, narratives for God's healing, um, you know, I think the one that kind of stuck out, um, I believe it's in Matthew when he, um, I'm, when he heals the, uh, the two blind men. Um, I, it, it, it would be more fitting for an optometrist, but I know that that one for me always stuck out. Um, mainly because at the end, uh, at the end, after he heals them, he tell Jesus tells them, you know, don't tell anyone of what you saw. And I think growing up, I never quite understood why he said, don't tell anyone, you know, what, what happened here, or why you heal. Um, I, I think later as I learned and I understood, uh, I understood the Bible and the stories a little bit more, I understood that Christ didn't want to be known as just a healer. Right? He wanted to be known as a savior, as someone, um, as someone who's going to do more than just physically heal everyone. Um, and I think for me, um, that really sticks out to me because I think in medicine, in pharmacy, um, all of us can have a desire to be known for our works, what we've accomplished, who, who we're healing. And, and even in the goodness of like, you know, I've had such a large hand in helping this person get better. Um, but as I reflect on that story, I think about how God really wants the healing to be drawn back to him, um, how God wants um, us to understand him, to know him, um, and for those works to be something that can draw back to him. Um, and so for myself, I, I'm not necessarily saying that I, you know, I don't want to spread good news about that, but I think that I would want my work to be a reflection of God's hand in my life um, and the, the hand that God is having in their lives as well. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Thanks for sharing, Josh. Uh, Dr. Ken, could you help us? Um, yeah, think about how you, how you feel you're reflecting God's character. And then maybe a narrative, again, from Jesus, uh, where you're mirroring him in, in how you're healing people. Yeah, I, um, so the characters of God that I think are uh, just things that I think about all the time as I go in to see patients in clinic or before a procedure. Uh, I think first and foremost is what we just talked about, the empathy and, and compassion. Mm -hmm. uh, that's always the starting point of any healing interaction to really understand God's heart for the person and to share in that same empathy 
of God's heart for that person. Uh, the other uh, characters would be uh, love. Uh, there are times when the, the person, the patient that you're caring for is not, maybe not so lovable. They could be angry, lashing out at you even though you're trying to help them. And, and so stepping back and, and holding on to the God's character of love overrides uh, that and allows you to continue to minister even though it, it may be not so fun. Um, and then truth, God's character of truth, uh, that's also quite important in able to give uh, adequate information, accurate information, not to overemphasize, not to underemphasize, not to sugarcoat, uh, but uh, speaking the truth in love, I think, is a very important character um, to have in the healing ministry. Um, peace also. Um, I pray for peace for my patients. I pray for peace for myself that I may reflect God's peace and His calmness. Uh, because when people are sick, they're desperate and there's so much anxiety and Interacting with someone who feels, who seems to uh, exude that sense of peacefulness and calmness and it's going to be all right sense uh, goes a long way in healing, I think. Um, in terms of narrative, I, I picked the similar passage in Matthew 20. And I, I think I preached on this a few months ago at Renew. Um, but if you look at that passage and you look at every other uh, narrative that G when Jesus interacts with people, uh, actually he doesn't, um, he always does four things almost all the time. Uh, he saves, he heals, he delivers, and he disciples. Mm. So, and, and they're all like um, intertwined. Mm. Uh, he'll save someone of their sins, he'll heal them of their infirmity, um, he'll, he'll deliver them from evil, and then he'll put them on the road to growth and discipleship. Mm -hmm. So uh, looking at that as the model uh, with every patient interaction, I, I look for these different aspects. Certainly, of course, start with you know the physical. That's why the p person's here to mm -hmm. consult with you about a physical illness, ailment, issue. And so I ask the Holy Spirit to give me special insight to where is the where is the issue where is the hot spot i sometimes i feel like uh you know i put on superman x-ray vision uh through the holy spirit mm -hmm. uh to show me w really where's wh what have people overlooked in this patient because often they've had two or three other uh prior visits with uh, physicians and uh so so physical where's the where's the real issue uh, but then oftentimes it spills into the emotional, you know, what does this physical ailment trigger for this person? You know, what are the anxieties, fears, and concerns? And I'll often ask the patient, uh, what, what do you think this is? Or what is your fear about what you're experiencing? Uh, and there could be opportunities to minister emotionally. Hmm. And, and then uh, spiritually, there are times when God would would give me a strong sense that this person is hurting spiritually. And and with that discernment, I'll ask permission. And if I'm granted permission, I'll pray for the person. And um, most of the time, I think almost all of the time, if I'm prompted to ask, I'll always get, oh, sure, of course. Um, and that's not always 
um, easy in a secular university setting, but with permission um, that can be done and appropriately. Um, and and that's all, again, part of... And there are times when I'll, I'll say, hey, you know, I, I know this great organization called PyHop or whatever, you, you may want to check it out. And, and, and they offer, you know, healing for... Uh, prayer for healing of uh, physical uh, ailments and so on. So I, I try to uh, look at all of those holistic aspects of the person just as Jesus did. He, he, he healed in all dimensions all at, at the same time. Yeah. I love that when you're thinking about healing, even as you're doing the physical aspect, you're looking for avenues for the spiritual and emotional as well. So you're thinking about it, like you said, in, in these different dimensions. Um, the last question we have for today, um, Dr. Kennedy would start, how do you see healing build Jesus' kingdom now? And what are your hopes for seeing healing fulfilled in the future kingdom? I think there's a sense of like longing, even in, I know UCI, um, there's a billboard that talks about it being anti-cancer, right? OC being cancer-free. And I wave to you as I drive by, the, by your face on the 57. Um, so yeah, thinking about even the, even like the vision of your center um, and and what fulfillment looks like as we as we hope uh, for this future kingdom, we'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that. Yeah, actually, this is a theme of our uh, you know last year's young adult uh, retreat, uh, Converge. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven converging in the kingdom of this world through Jesus, and that uh, with the ushering of the kingdom of of heaven, we've been given the power and authority to advance this kingdom, which includes very much healing, uh, whether physical, emotional, spiritual. It's really a manifestation of God's presence, His rule, His reign, His kingdom, and um, you know, bringing a restoration and a renewal of God's original design for us, n not to have COVID, not to have cancer, you know, uh, and so on. And and so we are um, very much uh, in that uh, space where we are uh, called to be light to the world. We are called to bring heavenly healing uh, whether it's through science and technology or through prayer uh, to 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 a very uh, fallen and otherwise hopeless world. Um, but there's also a, a very much a strong sense that we're we're imperfect, we're, we're inadequate, the already and not yet. And so we can't uh, achieve perfect healing for everybody. Um, and and so we await, you know, the the final, you know, new heaven and new earth, where there, there will actually be no need for healing, that we will be completely um, whole, uh, shalom, and and without without uh, needs or the need for healing. Uh, so that's that's certainly a hope for us. Thank you, Dr. Ken. Uh, Dr. Josh, could, would you answer this last question for us as well? Um, how do you see healing build Jesus' kingdom here and your hopes in seeing healing fulfilled in the future kingdom? 
Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, Dr. Ken already hit on a lot of points that um, I, I completely agree with. Um, I think that the only thing that I've, I, I've always said, it's kind of funny if you think about healthcare providers, um, because we are in a business where if we were able to do our business perfectly, we would be out of business, right? If we were able to heal everything perfectly, we wouldn't have a job or anything like that. Um, but I think because of kind of our, our fallen world and our, our broken natures, you know, we have, we, and we always ha will have and, until uh, Christ's kingdom comes, um, we'll always have disease and illness and things that we, we cannot heal. Um, and I think with that, we have a, kind of an imperfect um, way to get to that kingdom. Um, we have some healing, but not all healing. And I think that, you know, as I think about kind of our interim time now, um, before we get to that shalom, that uh, that time when we don't need healing, um, you know, the, the purpose of much of the, the disease and suffering of the world is for God to be able to come in and, you know, strip us of things that are not of him, um, for us to have humility, uh, to, uh, to build fortitude and for us to seek him in those areas. Um, and I think that right now as, as medical providers, especially, um, us who understand that we are called to this um, work of uh, work um, in God, um, that we're able to look at this, um, look at diseases, look at these things as as ways for God to come in, not only in the physical but the spiritual aspect, um, so that we can bring His kingdom here. Um, and then in in some people who you know, being sick, being ill, being in the hospital is such a life changing experience for them. Um, if there's ever a time where they're where they where they feel broken or their hearts are open to God, um, that time is really it, right then and there. Um, and I think that you know the, the the purpose for us in that area is to not only like Dr. Ken said heal physically, um, but also bring the good news, bring the kingdom um, until we do find uh, until we do finally get to that final um, home, um, that kingdom that's here on earth. Thanks so much, Josh. Um, what beautiful answer. And, and I think about like how doctors and pharmacists, maybe especially pharmacists right now, are hailed as saviors um, over this course of COVID. Like we've put our hopes in doctors, right? And, um, and uh, I've actually heard the word savior in um, some of the podcasts I've been listening to. Um, putting our faith, our trust in science. And um, so you guys are, I don't know if there's ever been a moment in my life where doctors and pharmacists are in a more elevated um, position, more glorified space. Like, and then I think there's COVID and how it's wreaked havoc on our society and the horrors that that's caused. I, I don't know if there's a question here, but I'm thinking about how both of those realities have impacted you and and maybe um, your response to to those to that to that personal kind of elevation and the chaos of of covid and your faith like is there an intersection point um, if not we could cut out this part of the video <laughs> but i'm I'm thinking about that um yeah, I'm thinking about how you're personally kind of wrestling with those three uh, points of of your faith, uh, your occupation being 
exalted and and where COVID is in in this in this pandemic and how it's affected so many lives. I, I think I, I'll take a stab at it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, I, I think what what COVID has taught me, and I think teach, is teaching us as a society, is that uh, we, we think we're in control. We think that medical science is, or science and technology is going to solve everything, and then out of the blue from left field comes this pandemic that just totally makes us uh, incompetent and impotent to do anything but to sit there with a mask on and hope we don't get hit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really taking the pride out of science and technology and everything else. I mean, and there there was absolutely nothing that that could be done, would be done, and you know now we're now we're getting proud that there's a vaccine that's you know around the corner, but there was a long time where there was nothing, and uh, it just makes me appreciate e- even more the sovereignty of God and our our frailness as humanity to to determine our own destiny. Uh, so that's. To me, that's the that's humbling, and that's that's the ground truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Doc, um, any thoughts? Yeah. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, your your pictures are frozen on my screens, but I'm not sure if I'm frozen or not. You're good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I think um, you know. This uh, pandemic and COVID is is unlike anything that most of us have ever experienced in our lives. Um, and I think as a healthcare provider, especially in the beginning, um, there was a there's a lot of um, you know exaltation of our careers and what we're doing. Um, and I think it's really easy to kind of feel that and and um, you know kind of boost yourself up from that. And and I think that's just natural. Um, I think as I've kind of tried to understand like where our place is in it, um, I think that what it, what it has done is it's allowed us to um, really see one kind of a need for healthcare professionals and, uh, and the need for people to um, have purpose within their lives to help others. Um, But yeah, kind of like what you said, Wilson, is, is this an exaltation of kind of our careers over everything else? Maybe. Um, but I think that where us as uh, Christians in the healthcare field can do is that we can see this as opportunities for people to um, see still that there's brokenness in the world, still see that there's um, things that uh, that only God can really fix, that only God can really heal. Um, I, I think that one of the, the most difficult things for non-believers to understand is how um, is, is kind of our, our sinful nature or how broken we are or how much we need Christ, right? Um, and I think that there hasn't been a time in most of our lives where we've seen that there's just, no matter what I do, I can't undo this pandemic all by myself. No matter what I do, I can't stop someone someone else from getting COVID. Um, and, and, I, and I'm hoping and I pray that in that, that idea of loss and hopelessness, um, 
people who have recognized their need for Christ, um, and hopefully they've had people that can kind of show them the way or that Christ has revealed themselves to them in those moments. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I know this wasn't a question that you necessarily had, um, and maybe this isn't an answer that's necessarily answering that question, but uh, uh, those are things that I've thought of when, yeah. when it comes to this pandemic. No, I appreciate that. The other oh. thing uh, interesting is it kind of ties in with your first question about calling. COVID had a way of, of uh, separating a, a bit of those who really are called into healthcare and medicine and those who aren't because, and, and it doesn't mean Christian, non-Christian. It's just those who have that strong commitment to help people. And that's why they're in medicine because there were a lot of people when COVID hit who said, I, I didn't sign up for this. You know, I'm going to take a leave. I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to go to work. I didn't sign up to, to get killed. I, you know, this is a paycheck for me and I, I don't, I'm not going to take this risk. Um, and then, so everyone had to kind of come to terms with that. You know, why am I in medicine? Yeah. And if it's really to get a paycheck, why, why would I put my, my life on the line here? You know, you wouldn't do that in any other business. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, interesting. Great, great, great thought. Um, I think the two thoughts that I have, and, and I would love to pray for you both, um, is I thought about um, this picture of how, you know, me, our society are elevated, are elevating Dr. Ken and Dr. Josh, uh, your professions, who you are as people. And then I have this image of us kind of lifting you up, but then you two on your knees before the Lord. Um, asking for his mercy and serving like Jesus did with this towel, you know, and, um, and knowing you both personally, you know, one of my favorite attributes of people who are gifted or strong leaders is humility. And I, I've been able to experience that from both of your lives and um, just have that picture to bless you with. Um, and then I also, the second like passage I think about is when Paul is preaching and he's doing miracles and people are exalting him and he says, no, it's about Jesus. And he like rebukes them, you know, and how easy it is for us to take the praise of people. Um, and so even just the way you've shared your hearts, you know, I, I hear that. And um, yeah, I would love to pray for you and pray for people who are in medicine, who are listening uh, to this, um, pray for your colleagues and your friends as well. Father, thank you so much for Dr. Ken, Dr. Josh, uh, for who they are and uh, how they love you and how they've uh, extend themselves to uh, serve and love those around them. Um, I, I just, just see doctors and nurses um, on their knees before you, <clears throat> asking for the creator of medicine to give them wisdom to give them um, tools uh, to fight this virus and to give you glory, Lord. Um, yeah, I just thank, thank you for these men who have served um, like you, Jesus, um, on your knees washing feet. And I pray that you continue to allow them to be a model of humility in this time of COVID, in this time of 
uh, the exaltation of medicine as Savior, that you would um, have them point to you, God, the great physician. We love you, and we're. I'm just so grateful for my brothers that I get to not only, um, you know, hear from their heart, but experience their heart um, through many years. Um, I'm blessed by them, and I, I'm thankful that they get to be a blessing um, to the places that they they uh, reside and and work. God, in Jesus' name, Amen. Let me share you a quick story, and you can uh, include or omit. Yeah. Uh, so just uh, just last week, I was following up on a patient who I treated about uh, two or three months ago for a stomach issue. Uh, she's a believer, mm. and I, I don't even remember, but she she said, "Yeah, you you know you offered to pray for me before the procedure." Um, and so I did the procedure. The procedure was quite successful uh, in terms of helping her with her stomach issue. Hmm. But then she said, but that, you know, but that's not what I'm really happy about. And I'm like, what are you happy about? She goes, I've had a chronic back issue that has defied everything, including surgery. And after your procedure, after your prayer, I went home and I, my my body felt tired from head to toe and uh and as as i checked myself i realized that my back pain had gone and wow. it hasn't come back since and so i just want to thank you for your prayer <laughs> for my back and i'm like uh this is god because <laughs> uh, I, I that's crazy yeah that's crazy oh man that's so cool yeah. Are you sure it wasn't the GI procedure? <laughs> I was trying to, you know, I was trying to figure out the uh, connection. I couldn't, so it was all good. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for sharing that story. Well, grateful for you too, and um, yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, you know, as people are wrestling with their calling in medicine, um, you know, that's the best part of being able to bring people in from our community that they get to talk to you and, and reach out. So yeah, we welcome that. Um, thank you so much. Um, I'll see you both soon. All right.